Hi, my name is Scott McMillan. I'm the Managing Director of Invictus Energy Limited. Our ASX ticker is IBZ and we're listed on the OTCQB uh, with IBCTF. Uh, Invictus is uh, an oil and gas explorer. We have a hugely exciting project in the north of Zimbabwe in the Kabora Basa Basin, uh, where we hold three license areas. Uh, we drilled the Makui one wildcat well uh, last year and uh, proved the presence of a working hydrocarbon system within the basin with the very first well. Uh, including the presence of light oil uh, gas condensate as well as helium. Uh, we're now uh, preparing to follow that up with uh, the Makuyu 2 appraisal well, which will uh, drill into a, a prominent horsed uh, block in the central Makuyu structure uh, that is going to be spudding in Q3 2022. And we've got uh, a potentially very transformative well coming up, which will uh, prove up a very big discovery in, in Makuyu, as well as open up the rest of the running room in the basin that we have for our very large portfolio of uh, follow-on prospects and leads. Scott, good to see you. I haven't no. seen you for a year. A year yesterday, would you believe? So happy birthday. Um, <laughs> right, we better... Let, let, let's kind of get into some of the things that have been happening since we last saw you. Obviously, I think it's a sort of a tricky uh, time, quite frankly. Um, it, it looks like, it looks like you know, we're, we're trading halts, technical issues, and I guess technical success, but not necessarily knocking out of the park. What should we read into all of that? Sure. So, uh, look, front, Frontier Drilling... Um, Oil and gas is always very, very difficult. I think, um, you know, it, this is the first time it's ever been done uh, in Zimbabwe. It was never going to be textbook. Uh, and, and there were always going to be some surprises, good and, you know, good and bad. Uh, so from a, you know, from a result perspective, Makuyu 1 was an outstanding result with uh, what, what we've proven up with the very first one in the basin. We've got multiple gas-bearing reservoirs. Uh, we've got presence of light oil as, as well as helium. Uh, we did have some operational challenges, and really that was that was because of a couple of things. Uh, with the very first one in the basin, obviously we didn't have anything to go by when, in our well design and 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 how we approached the, the actual drilling program, and so we had to be very conservative with the drilling parameters that we employed, the the mud weight design, um, which we had to ensure from a safety point of view that that was taken care of first, and and we had to, you know, as as I mentioned, be very conservative. So we were. Very overbalanced when we were when we were drilling, uh, a lot of solids in our mud, which which caused us a lot of issues. And then we'd also had some um, a lot of tool failures, uh, unfortunately, from our service provider that let us down at, at, at critical times, and we couldn't get a, a fluid sample to the surface, which meant that from a, a formal reporting perspective, we couldn't declare a discovery from a QU one. But nonetheless, we you know we're still thrilled with the results and what we've got. So far, okay. So, so if, if you don't mind, I just want to break that down a bit. Is, is it a case of heads have rolled as, as a result of this? I mean, are you still using the same service provider? So we we've um, we've retained our service provider for some of the services which we've got to work, you know, by the end of the campaign. Uh, however, we have also brought in uh, some additional service providers for some of the key and and um, I think more critical parts of the well, namely wireline and and um, and mud logging, which were the two services that led us down. The last time, so we've we've got um, SLB formerly Chamage in to do the wireline, and uh, Geolog, who are mud logging specialists, coming in to do the the mud logging. So we have made some changes there, uh, and I think also some changes in the in the actual well design and 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 drilling program uh, as well. Now that we've got some calibration data from Makuyu One, we're able to design a a mud system and drilling fluid system that's more appropriate for the conditions that we're going to encounter now that. Other people learned from Makuyu One, right? And and what about internally? Um, learnings there, yes. changes yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. So I think you know, for in in frontier regions, um, 
like we're operating in, this is a logistics project with some drilling in the middle of it. Uh, it's, you know, it's the, the, what we're doing drilling wise is not that complicated. The, the logistics of getting everything and moving it in and out are, are quite hard. So there have been some changes um, around there. I think also um, we've been able to approach this next campaign, being able to demand better commercial terms from some of our service providers as well. And we've brought in uh, some new personnel uh, to help with that. And, and also some additional personnel in the form of an exploration manager now that's come in to take away some of the technical aspects of, of um, the day-to-day business of the company away from me, which is which is good and bad. I do I do miss it, but you know he's far better at me than than doing this stuff. So it frees me up to do the, the corporate stuff. Uh, unfortunately, match which is also important. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for being here. Uh, I can hear the resentment in your voice. You'd rather be out there in the field, quite right too. Um, look, okay, I get. I guess um, drilling. Um, uh, it is tough. Things don't necessarily always go according to plan. There are bumps along the road, but I, I guess it's a amplified somewhat in the sense that you're going quite deep, and e- you know each hole is you know there's a lot of money um, in in each hole. You know if it's shallow uh, drilling and lots of it, the odd failure it doesn't not failure. Yeah. The odd technical difficulty it, you know doesn't matter so much. But here I guess that that's that's this the torchlight has shone on you. Uh, yes. somewhat. Should we look at the positives um, out of this? Okay, so some learnings in terms of, right, we need some changes of personnel and, and service providers um, to make sh- to increase the chance of success on the next whole McKeeu 2, but let's stick with McKeeu 1 for now. In terms of what you learnt about the field, what you, you, you've talked about light oils, condensate, even helium, um, which, which is great, but what does that, how does that inform the, the future drilling programs, you know, where targeting and um, depths and how you do it, et cetera. Sure. So, so this was the Muku one was the very first well drawn in the basin. So absolute rank wildcat. The, the nearest offset well that we had was 600 kilometers away in another country, in another basin. So, you know, drilling the very first well in the basin is always, is always tough. Um, so what we learned from Muku one, you know, but pre-drill we had, um, a lot of modeling that you do, you go and you know try and hypothesize where the source rock is, where the reservoir, where the seals are, where the traps are, and that's all based on quite coarse data, mainly being seismic. So we've now got a calibration point in the basin with a well that we can calibrate back to the seismic. And the hypothesis that we have of where the source rock was, where the reservoirs are, and and the seal, we've now proven that, and we were actually and we did a pretty good job uh, pre-drill and what turned out to be the actual result. So that's given us a lot of confidence now on being able to step. Um, Makuyu 2 is quite a big step out from Makuyu 1, about 6.8 kilometers, which is you know is, is a large distance. Uh, but given what we've seen from Makuyu 1, we're confident in stepping out that distance and being able to you know, still, still see um, the correlation between Makuyu 1 and Makuyu 2, but also learn a lot more um, and, and being able to prove up uh, a big discovery given the Makuyu 2 locations are about 400 meters up tip from Makuyu 1. So we've drilled it you know, quite far south on the flank where Makuyu 1 is and now going up, up tip uh, a bit north of us, 400 meters, you know, has the potential to prove up something 
that is very, very big. Right. Okay. In, but tell me, tell me a bit more about what you're seeing there. You saw, you, I think you talked in one of your presentations or press releases about you know 13 potential hydro, hydrocarbon bearing um, zones. <laughs> um, you know, you know, significant gas columns, etc. You know, and and you and you what you've kind of got to prove to the market is that the scale is there that the you know what what you're hunting for is actually there and you can get get at it so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more interested in you know w- what next how do you actually sort of start to manage this field understand this field and and you know ensure success from future drilling because like i said it's expensive drilling it is so so the plans for the for, for Makuyu 2 and where it's different from Makuyu 1, obviously we've got uh, a much better calibration point. We're going to engineer um, some of these issues out of uh, what we had in Makuyu 1. So one, a simpler trajectory. We're going to be drilling a near vertical well rather than a pretty deviated well, which we did in Makuyu 1, and that was to test all of those horizons on the way down. So in, in this in this flock, we'll be able to, to do that more vertically and also test the lower angle, which is a target that we couldn't reach with the previous well. Um, so that's some further potential upside. I think what the market is looking for is us to prove a discovery, and that means getting a fluid sample to surface and being able to get some pressure points so that we can prove up what the hydrocarbon column heights are, and you do that with uh, with your pressure gradient data. So that's all part and parcel of, of Makuyu 2. So I think once we can put those results out, uh, you know, then that'll give the market the direction that it needs, that that this is something that's, that's very material. Uh, Without what we couldn't get in the in, in Makuyu one because of the the tool failures and also the wellbore conditions were those pressure points and and, and fluid samples. So now having a, a much more tailored program and 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 tool and and tools as well uh, from from Shambhaje uh, for the wireline that puts us in a in a good position to complete that. And once then looking forward, what we need to do because this is a you know very very big structure Makuyu it's two hundred square kilometers. Under closure, and another reason why we're stepping out quite a long way, uh, six point eight kilometers, because if we, you know, if we drill a direct special just next door to Q one, that's not going to give us any new information. So uh, it might, you know, it might prove up. We might be able to go back and get some fluid samples, but it's not going to give us any new information. And that's really what we need to do and uh, right. characterize the basin as quickly. So we're confident of doing doing both now in this in this new location. So following up from that will be some some three D seismic, which you know will is typically the process that's followed on shore. You you're drilling of two D first of all, and upon success, then you go and shoot three D and, um, and and take it from there, which will allow you to refine your you know your your, your future well targets a lot a lot better, and then going to characterize the field. So let's see where it's going to go because you talk about like coarse data off the back of the two D seismic and the three D. Okay. If you don't mind sort of explaining to people why. It's just a little, a little bit more uh, informative. Sure. So with with two D data, um, our, our line spacing is about one point seven kilometers apart, and you're just looking at a vertical cross section straight straight down from the surface into you know towards the the basement or the core of the earth, if you imagine it that way. But you can only look at it at one line at a time and and not look anywhere away from that data um, out in space. Uh, and so you've got. You know, typically a crisscross grid. If you go and look at our, our presentations on our website, you can you can see that. But you're only getting one tiny data point along uh, along one of those lines. Whereas in 3D, it's literally a cube of data, and you can you can image anywhere within that cube. Whereas we've only got you know coverage of you know maybe uh, 
a half a percent or something if you take that data density of what you'd have uh, versus 3D. And also having 3D data allows you to slice vertically through through that um, data cube as well, which is also very useful when you've got multiple stacked reservoirs like we have, rather than just looking at it from a one-dimensional angle. Okay, appreciate it. Now, if you look, if you look at some, again something you referenced earlier, was about the you know high mud weight, um, etc. And obviously, you need to try and work out your drilling fluid compositions and so forth. Um, has what you've learned added to the cost of the Mickey to um, well? your expectation of the cost for that? Have you had to change equipment to kind of cope um, with what you've been finding? No. Um, so so I think if anything, it's it's reduced the cost of our wells because we don't have to gold plate everything. So it's, um, you know, it's been beneficial from, from that point of view where we don't have to be as conservative and we can design something more appropriate. We don't have to have as much contingency as we were carrying for, for the first well in terms of having everything under the sun uh, at, at our disposal because, uh, you know, going back to what we were discussing earlier, in a remote location, you can't mobilize anything quickly. And if you're sitting there in the middle of an operation and you need something, it is a disaster. You you know, you're on the clock. You're burning money from a, a rig and a service standby point of view. And also with your borehole open, uh, you know, that the boreholes do start to deteriorate and break down after a certain point. Right, so, okay. In, so can, can I assume that um, in terms of the well flow, Testing for McKee, one that obviously perhaps hasn't quite gone according to plan. So, in terms of um, what, how you're going to be able to kind of gauge McKee to success um, is going to be, you know, obviously getting to some well flow testing and, and showing people that, that you know the numbers look good um, and the declines on, you know. The declines are good, and all of those positive things. What are the things we should be looking to in terms of what success looks like from a QUT? Because I, I kind of want to be able to judge you and say, like, here's our expectation. Here's what we got. You know, we're back on track again. Versus McKee one was like we had an expectation of what we wanted to see. We didn't quite see everything we wanted. To, you know, tool failures, etc. Whatever the reason. Um, therefore, um, it hasn't perhaps the market's been right to value as they as, as they have done. So what what what's going to change? What do we look for? How do we value you going forward? Sure. In, in terms of data, we, we got everything that we needed apart from fluid samples. So we've got a very high quality uh, log suite of logs um, over McCoy, all the primary logs we got. So we can we can characterize the reservoir and, and, and the fluids in it and what we see. So we can you now we can tell that there's gas uh, within the in the sand zones. So what was missing from that was were, were fluid samples and pressure gradients. So that's what we're coming to get in, in the QU2, first of all. And so people are looking for, see how many intervals there are, what the, what the pay zones are, and then we'll suspend it. Uh, so getting back to your testing question, we're not going to test it immediately because to do that, we'd have to mobilize the test spread and equipment, and, and that will take a little bit of time. And also we need to design a well test appropriately. This is not, um, you know, onshore. Onshore Texas, where you can just hook it up and and uh, and start flowing it into into pipelines. So we need to go away and design the test properly and, and get all that equipment mobilized. So that'll happen at some stage next year. Um, and so we've got a two a two part. I think for for conventionals outside of the US, there's two means of of getting formation fluid samples, which is your criteria to declare a discovery. There's and and both of them are are bringing fluids to the surface. One is with the Y-line tools, which is what we're going to do in the first instance. 
and then we're going to come back and test it and, and float to surface. So there's, there's two parts to that. Okay. Um, all of this costing money and taking time, um, and you, you kind of got to get that balance. You talk about, you know, having more time to spend on corporate activities. One of those things is kind of getting a narrative out there which says, you know, we're the, the plan is on track. Here, here, here's the timeline, etc. But all of that's going to take money. Um, when we spoke last year, obviously money, money was was good. You, I think you, you were in the market back in May this this year. Where are you with capital at the moment? Yeah, so we've so far this year for the for the uh, program, um, which our phase two program. So we're also shooting some seismic in the in the eastern portion of our of our new license areas that that been awarded since we we last spoke, um, and and then for the wells. So. We've raised thirty-five million this year for 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 those, so that that should cover us um, in terms of in terms of costs. And then, you know, based on based on success going forward for that, you know, I think I think the market's been very very receptive to to Victus and our story, and I don't foresee us having having any issues um, on in a success case being able to go back and and fund well testing activity and 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 three D and and future drilling and and the like. And we've also got some interest from. Uh, potential partners as well, and the timing of bringing those in, I, I think, will be right post success. Right. Okay. Yeah, we talked about strategic partners back um, la- last year. Um, okay. So, so with, with the capital, you kind of, I guess, they can. Like, I always say this: so if you're able to raise money and you're able to raise money cheaply, you know, to, to a degree, not too worried about what's going on in the market or this dip in in the market. But at the same time, there's an expectation from that money that you are going to be, you know getting things moving again because i think you quite an erratic year last year with um for you in terms of share price this year has been sort of well january obviously saw you kind of fall off you know halve um the share price and it's been sort of steady going since then up up until recently so obviously people perhaps leaning in and listening to what you're you're doing at the moment i mean how, how are you kind of gauging the market's reaction to this or like as i said at the beginning because you kind of got the capital backing up your operational plans or your, your field plans, does it not really matter at this point? Yeah, I don't think it really matters. And and like we see with a lot of uh, explorers that are chasing pretty material targets, I think there's there's been you know that that drop in January was when we when we had to to basically cease operations. We had all those tool failures and uh, they didn't have any backups, and we had to stop. And we also we also needed things to a stop because you can go and chase things for so long and someone's got to be an adult and say enough's enough we've got to we've got to bring someone else in to to do this and reassess so we did that in january and 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 that's where you saw that that drop and that was disappointing to have to bring things because you know we were close we should have got there and that was i think the most disappointing thing for for the company and 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 personally as well you know everyone had, had done a tremendous job to get to that point and as i said to do this for the first well would have been absolutely incredible. You don't, you don't very, very hardly ever see that sort of success. Yes, yeah, with the first well, statistically, so, yeah, it was always so going to be tough. But, 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 but what, yeah, yeah. But so, what, so what I want to get out of this, yeah. Scott, if you don't mind, because it's it's kind of like you, you saw great, you've seen great heights at various moments along this journey of yours, and I think you know, to some degree, it's. It, you know, what's happened is fairly, fairly normal in this space. You know, for us, those of us who have been in oil and gas for a long time, we understand that. But um, it, what's it going to take to kind of get back up there? McKee 2 is obviously going to be a big part of it. And that's why I'm sort of asking you precisely what your what your hopes and expectations are of that. 
and why people should, you know, I, I guess give give you the, give you the credit for um, the, the operations on the ground and sure. the opportunity that you're that you're chasing. Yeah, so I think you're you're now starting to see interest coming back into the stock because things are are, are moving. We've you know the well pads, well pads just about done. We'll be moving the rig uh, in a few weeks, and and operations will be starting in you know, we'll split this quarter. And so that interest is naturally going to come back in. And I think from, you know, looking at where we were last year pre-drill with all the risk going into an undrilled basin that, that that's, you know, statistically it was very hard and it was a long shot actually finding anything. Now with Makuyu 1, we have found something. And I think with Makuyu 2, that risk is vastly reduced going into this, into this next well. So our, you know, our, our chances of, of success and the risk versus reward here are much better than they were for Makuyu 1. Right, but what I'm trying to get at is trying to understand what does success look like? Because if you're oh, not sure. flow testing until next year, you know, oh, you know, those flow tests can, you know, those are the sorts of data and stats that people can sort of wrap their head around, right? Yeah. But if you're not doing that until next year, what are you doing? And give me something to look sure. at and say, I can judge you by this. Yeah, so so uh, it, it would obviously be, be the declaration of discovery, which would come from, from fluid sampling. And and that that's pretty typical for conventional wells. So Venus, for example, which was discovered in Namibia, they didn't flow test it until this year. So flow testing for conventional operations with spreads dead generally happens um, after training when you can mobilize all that all that gear. You you're going in your primary means of evaluating this is with with your wireline, um, right? With your wireline data, not not the actual. The testing will help un, uh, underpin the, the flow rates and the deliverability and the and the commerciality, not whether there is oil or gas there, that that will be able to determine from those from those logs, which we could in Makuya one, but we just couldn't get a fluid sample. Right. Okay. And and, and again, I just want to be clear um, on this for people, because you know, if we if we in in, in mining context, there's lots of companies declare discoveries, mm-hmm. um, and there's a wide range of definitions as to what the heck that means. Yeah. And for you. Be really clear with us. Discovery to you means what? You're going to make an official declaration. It'll move your share price, but yep. you know, will it be accurate? So, give me it, that. Yes, yeah, so well, it will be accurate because we would have recovered fluid samples from the reservoirs with the wireline tools back to surface, which is which is what you need to do. So you can pull, you can physically pull those samples out of the rock, which proves that proves that it can flow. So right, okay, okay. So that's what we're looking for when you make that announcement. Okay. Um, well, I, like we'll sit back and wait and see what happens with that. Can, can we talk about the the, the management and allocation of, of capital, um, please? Because obviously, McKee, you won. Um, clearly, you're 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 putting your focus on that. McKee, one. There's still some costs associated with that in terms of um, you know maintenance of that hole. And I'm assuming the re- the rest of the portfolio, the the you know the third, the fourth, the fifth targets in terms of your timing around that. Yeah, allocation of resources, capital now. On that, um, and how quickly do you burn through this this um, this balance sheet of yours? Sure. So, from a from an allocation point of view, and, and we've been prepping our budgets for you know it's just gone into financial year um, here in Australia. Ninety six percent of our activity goes funding goes to activity seismic drilling. You know we've got a we've got a very uh, a very lean and mean team, but. The majority of our costs are actually focused on on going in the ground, which is what I think people want to see. Um, so part of that has been allocating some to to our seismic infill campaign, and and that is 
to the east of our of our new license area in EPO 1848 and 1849. So that is to mature some very interesting leads that we see um, that are amplitude supported, which are on trend with Makuyu. They've got some very nice flat spots um, in there, which we think are, are indicative of hydrocarbons present. And now we know that the basin works and you know that, that theory is held up so far. Uh, so those are getting matured now and uh, will be drill ready probably early next year. Uh, so those will, will get lumped in, in a future drilling campaign at, at some stage. So that's in the in the central fairway play. We've got two two play types. We've got that and the basin margin play, which is more akin to your East Africa rift system um, and, and the successes that we've seen in places like Uganda and Kenya, um, which, which were prolific multi-billion barrel discoveries. So we've got those two play types. We haven't tested the, the basin margin play yet either. We've got five drill ready prospects there uh, with about 1.2 billion barrels uh, of, of uh, potential oil recoverable there. And then a further a further two or three that will be matured to drill ready as well and, and add to that prospect inventory. So beyond beyond the McCree 2 campaign and the, and the seismic, obviously, that will require some additional funding. Um, but as we said, we're you know we're confident of, of delivering on Makuyu too, and we think then a number of options will open up for us. Um, you know whether it's through the market, whether it's through partnering to help fund uh, you know our future activity. Right. So give me the timing of that one. When, when are we looking to? For so we'll have results in, in, in Q4. So we're spudding in, in Q3 uh, and 50 or six, 50 to 60 day well for Makuyu too. So it won't be long. Okay. 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 We'll look. We'll look out for that. And um, talk to me about um, doing business in Zimbabwe. Obviously, we, we've talked a few times in the, in the past about this. Um, the, the government's approach to this. Obviously, there's a there's a production sharing agreement that's on the table at the moment. Um, obviously, you know, we're, we're hearing that you know, the government is is keen on foreign direct investment um, programs. Um, so, how are you finding things? As as expected. Look, it has it, it has been very good, and they've they've been very supportive. And I think through the, you know, through the drilling campaign last year, they were uh, very keen to see us succeed. Uh, you know, I think they 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 recognise that this is a potential silver bullet for the economy in 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 many ways. So they've been been very supportive of us. You know, helped us with the the import and uh, of, of equipment um, with duty free rebates and tax free imports, which you know those sort of things can add. Quite a lot of money onto your program, uh, so that's helped us in in, in, in that respect. Uh, the production sharing agreement is is progressing. We yeah we've agreed the terms. It's not just awaiting execution uh, from the the various land ministries that are involved. And once you know, so we're so we're not too too fussed on that. It will come. Um, and and once that happens, I think people will see that we've got very good fiscal terms in place that are commensurate with others in the region. Like Namibia and, and and South Africa, where you've got some, um, you know, some good fiscal regimes in place, which makes make sure that the country benefits, but but also that the investors who are taking the risk benefit from, you know, from any uh, discovered and developed resources. So okay, coming back to the uh, the strategic investor conversation which we had last time, and you mentioned already in this conversation, um, when they. One are there are there conversations going on? I, I clearly, you're going to need to demonstrate to them as as well as the market, you know, you know success with McKee too uh, and beyond. Um, but when they're sort of looking into the kind of the the geopolitical scene around you, um, we, we, we've talked about 
the need in country for um, gas, uh, exporting to the countries around you, you know, southern Africa and South Africa um, is experiencing all sorts of issues around, um, you know, power outages and um, it, it, it's getting getting tough down there. So the environment for gas is positive. I, I think you'd agree. Yeah, it, it's usually positive, and I think it's it's only strengthened since we we last spoke. Um, we've had some additional domestic developments with, within Zimbabwe. There's there's a huge um, brand new standard steel plant that's being built there by by Dinsum. Um, and that is going to require 2,000 megawatts of, of power, you know, that which is quite a lot of gas uh, to to monetize. And you know, they've they've got some big resources behind them. You're looking at some of the platinum miners now wanting to build a refinery and need and need gas to to fund that. The, those are, you know, blue chips, uh, household names, Anglo-American. Um, Zimplat certainly in 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 Zim have got a you know part of Implats have got a uh, a very very good operation there and very done very, very well over the last 20 years in, in, in the country and looking to expand. So I think that's also a, a mark of you know, how the investment environment has changed when existing investors there are, are reinvesting in the country and, and a jurisdiction that they know well. So the, the, the gas demand has, has bolstered. And then, of course, we've seen further south uh, of Zimbabwe and South Africa, you know, that, that, that demand has only, only grown um, more urgent. And you know, with the Southern Africa power pool, we can monetize gas anywhere in the region and, and export it by, by wire without having to build, you know, big pipelines. So, so that we, we've got a key advantage, I think. Everyone, when I first started, I think it, onshore landlocked gas was quite a hard sell conceptually, which understandably at first glance, but once you once you take people through what our monetization options are, and you know, it doesn't matter how much gas we discover, we'll be able to to sell it. I think people are really surprised, and but also you know, excited at the opportunity because it is it is material and something that we can get done fairly quickly. There's a hungry market there and something that often when you find gas, you've got to wait for the market to develop before you can monetize it, whereas this is the, the other way around. We've got people screaming at us. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. We, we're seeing it in Europe as well, you know, this whole energy energy transition discussion which has come up since, you know, Russia-Ukraine situation. We can amplify that. Uh, that that's... Um... In Europe, um, down Africa, in terms of that that um, lo- local requirement as well, we, we you know we're down in South Africa at the beginning of the year, load shedding four times a day. It's it's, it's uh, something not quite right down there. Um, okay, well, look, uh, Scott, I like, appreciate appreciate the update. I mean, don't leave it so long until um, we see you next time. Um, sounds like if, you, if you're spudding in uh, in uh, well in, soon, um, come back on and tell us how you get on. Okay, absolutely. Look forward to it.